the Carolina Hurricanes are looking to rebound from an embarrassing Game 3 loss to the New Jersey Devils tonight in Game 4 in this Eastern Conference semifinals. Myself and Andrew Schnitker preview tonight's game and what you can expect from the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Schnitker. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, looking ahead to what we might see in game four tonight. Yes, it's going to be a very different story from what we saw in game three. I am fully expecting the Carolina Hurricanes to come out with some fire. A quote that has been circling right now is from former captain Justin Williams back in the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals after the game two loss to the Boston Bruins. Quote, sometimes you got to eat the poop sandwich. It doesn't taste good and you have to chew on it for a little bit. And that's what the Hurricanes are having to do right now. That was an ugly loss for the Hurricanes. We talked about it in depth yesterday. So if you want to go back, hear our thoughts about that. Go do that after you listen to this episode here. Now, we talked about what the Hurricanes should do uh, in game four a little bit yesterday. And a big thing is keeping the game simple and sticking to their game. That's going to be really important for the Hurricanes tonight. Don't try to do too much. And don't let the Devils you know, force them into playing the Devils style of game. The Hurricanes need to stick to theirs. Uh, one thing I forgot to put in our notes here was the game three loss against the New York Islanders in the first round series. It was a really tightly contested game until the wheels fell off at the end and the Hurricanes really came out with some fire in game four. And I'm kind of yeah. expecting the same thing tonight. What about you? Yeah, well, no disrespect to Justin Williams, but I actually had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. I think that's a little bit uh, better option there. But no, I, I, you know, I agree. I was actually thinking about that earlier. The, the game threes, I think, played out pretty differently because the Hurricanes were pretty much uh, run out of the building within the first 10 minutes of the game three of this one, whereas, like you said, the Islanders one was closer until the very end, but they didn't play well in that game either. So, yeah, no, I'm expecting them to come out fired up. Um, you know, like you said, keep it simple. Don't try to do too much, you know. Don't turn the puck over. Stick to your system. Stick to your game. You know, defense needs to tighten up. You know, keep that good gap control. Be smart. Be disciplined with the puck. Because this is – well, I mean, I was going to say this is a huge game. It's the playoffs. They're all huge games. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a huge game in this series. I mean, you're either looking at the Hurricanes coming back with a 3-1 to series lead and a chance to close it out in game five. Or you're looking at coming back with the series tied and the Devils having all kinds of momentum. So, you know, this isn't me saying necessarily that I think the Hurricanes are doomed if the Devils win tonight because I don't think that they are. But I also think it's a there's a very, very good possibility that whoever wins tonight's game is going to win this series. Yeah, it's a very real possibility. The Devils have a lot of momentum coming off of game three and it being such a dominant win for them. 
you know, we talked about defensively uh, tightening up and getting back to what we're used to seeing from this team. That was one of the not one of the worst defensive performance we've seen from them in quite some time. That was that game three was the first time they've allowed eight goals since December of 2019. So it's been a while since they've had a performance that bad there. And another thing is puck management. That's going to be really big too. Cause like you said, you know, turning the puck over, like can't, can't be doing that. Controlling the neutral zone is going to be big as well. And, they really need to focus at getting behind the devil's defense. You know, the devils were shutting them down almost all game aside from, you know, some little stretches here and there in game three and their forechecking has really got to be strong in this game, really driving to the net and rattling the devils early, I think is going to be big. That was something that the devils did good in game three was rattling the hurricanes early, setting the tone, getting all the momentum right at the start of the game. So that's going to be something really important that the Hurricanes need to do tonight is really, you know, just push the Devils hard. That's going to be really important. Yeah, when you look at the, you know, what you're talking about with jumping out, the only game, I think game two was scoreless through one, but if you look at game one, I think the Hurricanes scored really, really early in that game. So that's... You know, scoring first and getting that early goal, getting that early momentum has been really, really big so far in this series. Yeah, it has been really, really big. And, you know, even if it's not necessarily like scoring a goal within the first five minutes, at least having the momentum on their side and being a threat. Because, you know, we saw it in, you know, game one. Yeah, they scored super early. Game two is scoreless after the first period. But they had the momentum going into the second period, and then obviously you know, things got going in the second for them. Another big thing here is going to be winning the special teams battles. You yeah. know, penalty kill has still been really good, but power play that's going to be that's going to be important for the Hurricanes. You know, they finally gave up. Uh, oh, excuse me, I was totally getting power play penalty kill confused there for a second uh but yeah winning a special teams battle is going to be really important here and as it is in all playoff games really because that one power play goal could always you know be the make or break i go back to uh forget when exactly it was in the regular season but it was when they're up in detroit and it was a one nothing shutout win for the hurricanes with the lone goal being a brady shea power play goal you never know how important these can be and you're going to want to try to do your best on all these capitalize when you can because it's playoffs you know like you said they can be in a position to come back home up 3-1 in the series close out on thursday rather than coming back tied 2-2 and you know devils having all of them the momentum having had won both games at home when you mentioned special teams, too, I think another thing, some might think this sounds odd after the Hurricanes scored three shorthanded goals in game three. Obviously, that's not really a repeatable performance. Um, stay out of the box. You know, yeah. the Hurricanes, I mean, it's it's a thing you typically see with teams that are down by a lot in a third period, but the Hurricanes came off their discipline mm-hmm. a lot in game three, and that's not what you want because you can't, Number one, the Devils have a ton of dangerous players that they can throw out there on the power play. You know, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer. Uh, we all know what Dougie Hamilton can do on the power play. So, you know, seeing that, you you don't want to give them chances there. And plus, you know, we talked about the Hurricanes 
you know, having, you know, getting to their game, get into their four check, putting pressure on the devils. Kind of hard to do that when you're not playing at five on five. Yeah, very hard to do. That was something I forgot to write down here is just how undisciplined they got to be at the end of that game. And that's, again, not something we typically see from this team. They're usually a team that goes pretty good as far as, you know, taking uh, or not taking a whole lot of penalties. Every now and again, you have them, you know, taking stuff that they shouldn't be taking. But I do feel, yeah, the frustration just kind of boiled over there. And hopefully, you know, that isn't the case. Hopefully they can, you know, just this is their game plan. This is what they do. But, you know, there's still a whole lot of things that the Hurricanes need to do in this game. And we will continue to dive into all of that right after this quick break, folks. Now, there is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you match candidates with Instant Match. Over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S., even better, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for the applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Starting now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash locked on indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions to imply need to hire you need indeed. Now, getting back to the Carolina Hurricanes and what they need to do tonight. One thing Seth Jarvis mentioned yesterday uh after practice was winning the 50 50 battles that was not something they did in game three and that's going to be another key point tonight in this game yeah you look at um i think i go back to i think it was one of the goals in the first period but you know i think it was a battle behind the net involving brady shea and brett pesci against the jack hughes line and they just got worked um i think hughes ends up coming up with the puck and scoring so yeah that that's definitely something you know I think the Hurricanes just just across the board tonight, you know, need to be more intense, need to be stronger on pucks, need to be more physical, you know, need to be stronger in those 50-50 battles because especially in those spots on the ice, like behind your own net, you lose a battle there, bad things are going to happen, which indeed they did. Yeah, it, it really did. And I feel like, you know, some of that stuff we can chalk it up to, you know, the Devils were playing at home, yet they had their home crowd behind them and, you know, all that stuff. We. We see it all the time here in Raleigh, you know, how big of a factor the home crowd can play in those, you know, when things are going well, you're feeding off of that energy. I feel that's what the Devils were doing there. It's what the Islanders did in game three. I feel that, you know, they kind of like fed off of that uh, Long Island crowd up there. And in game four, the Hurricanes were able to silence that. So that's one thing that the Hurricanes are really going to have to be able to do tonight, win those battles, because like the special teams, you never know which one can be a deciding factor 
in the game. And like we said, they need to set the tone early. You know, obviously, you know, early goal is going to be great. You know, that's obviously never going to be a bad thing. But like I said earlier, just setting the tone early, you know, just getting momentum, creating chances, putting pressure on the Devils. That's going to be really important tonight. But we've kind of been talking a lot about what the Hurricanes you know, didn't do well uh, in Game 3 and what they need to improve in Game 4. But one thing that is still going absolutely fantastic for them is the Hurricanes' penalty kill. You know, the Devils were finally able to crack it in Game 3. They were able to notch a power play goal. But the penalty kill still leads all of the playoff teams right now sitting at 92.6%, and they also lead the playoff teams in shorthanded goals with four shorthanded goals. So if the Hurricanes can kind of translate the dominance that they've had on the penalty kill to just five-on-five and you know, just that shutdown mentality that they've been having there, if they can move that over to even strength, that's going to be absolutely fantastic for them. Yeah, definitely. And if you can combine that even with getting a power play goal or two, mm-hmm. I think you're in business. Yeah, they're, they got a lot going for them. And, you know, again, the Hurricanes didn't have a good night in game three, but they still have a lot of guys on point streets right now. Sebastian Ajo is on a six-game point streak. Jordan Martinuk, Jesper Foster, and Jordan Saul are all on three-game point streaks. Uh, Jordan Saul and Jordan Martinuk have scored goals in back-to-back games. Seth Jarvis has back-to-back games with points. And they're having guys, you know, showing up on the score sheet, guys they need to, guys, you know, that are, are stepping up like Jordan Martinuk. We talked a lot about him yesterday. Guys are stepping up and doing the thing. Uh, Seth Jarvis, uh, excuse me, not Seth Jarvis, uh, Martin Natchez, you know, he has three points on the power play. Steph Nason, four points on the power play. You know, guys are stepping up and when it counts most right now. And that's something that is really going to need to be the case tonight. Sebastian Ajo, he's the top guy. You need him to play like a top guy tonight for sure. Jordan Martinuk, again, talked about him at length yesterday and everything he is doing to elevate this team right now. We want to see that continue for him tonight as well. Are there any other players for the Hurricanes right now that are sticking out to you, whether it's the guys we just talked about or a guy we haven't talked about yet? Well, I think the big two, you know, that you, especially on the road where you can't dictate matchups as much are, you know, Brady Shea and Brett Pesci obviously looking to bounce back from quite possibly their worst game since as a pairing since Brady Shea has been a hurricane in mm-hmm. game number three. Um, you know, I think, again, especially on the road where they're going to be facing some tougher matchups, you need those two to play a lot better in order to have a chance tonight. Um Overall, Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns have been really, really good in these playoffs. I think, you know, tonight would be a night where, if you know, Burns can get that patented big shot from the point going, maybe get one through or create some rebounds that the Hurricanes can get to. You know, he's a guy that I think could play a potentially a really big role in a bounce back tonight. Yeah, he really can. You know, that's why the Hurricanes brought him in in the first place when they made that big trade over the offseason. They brought him in for Big plays like that. He has had an incredible season for the Hurricanes. He set the all-time record, you know, for mo- most points in a season by a Hurricanes defenseman in his first year here. So he's been really rolling this season, and you know, he had uh, five assists in the first round against the Islanders 
So, yeah, if he can get that big shot off from the point, that's going to be great for the Hurricanes. And it can really be something that gives them a spark. He hasn't yet put the puck in the back of the net this playoff. So, you know, he gets that first one, you know, maybe you know, that gives the Hurricanes a bit of a spark. You know, like, heck yeah, you know, he got us going because we know, you know, even though it's his first year here, just how big of a role he has played in motivating this team. We saw it in game three uh, when Steph Nazing uh, won that fight against Eric Holla, just the spark that gave the team. You never know what it can be. Yes, Spirit Kokiemi giving the Hurricanes a spark in game two. You know, Brent Burns could be that guy tonight. Yeah, definitely. I, I think he, you know, he's a guy I'd have my eye on. You mentioned Stefan Nason, too. I've just really liked his game all year. He's been a really nice addition on the power play, you know, with his passing and his finishing below the goal line. And he, you know, he's the kind of guy who he's not a true top six forward, but he's mm-hmm. got enough skill and enough good things that he does that you can bump him up with good players. Mm-hmm. If you're in a position where you need to do so, as the Hurricanes have been since Andrei Svechnikov got hurt, and certainly since Tevo Teravainen got hurt as well, and I think he's been a nice piece next to Sebastian Sebastian Aho to kind of keep the top six afloat a little bit. Yeah, he's done really, really well. He's a guy, you know, all season. I know he missed a few games for being hurt, but very much like Jalen Chatfield. You know, they're on two-way deals. You know, if they were playing bad, they could have been sent back down to Chicago anytime this season. And both guys, you know, again, aside from the games they missed from being hurt, never gave you a reason to send them back down. They earned their spot here on the NHL roster. And both guys played really well this season against Steph Nason, uh, leading the team in power play points this postseason. And he's a guy, you know, like you said, he has the skills to bump up and he hasn't given you a reason to bump him back down in the lineup. And that's going to be really important for tonight for him because he has a lot of momentum on his side. You know, he's been playing really, really well. And hopefully you know, he can get some things going for the Hurricanes like Brent Burns. Maybe he gave the Hurricanes the spark in game three. Maybe he could do that again tonight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, but, you know, the Hurricanes, you know, we're talking about potential lineup options and what we could be seeing from them tonight. And we will make our predictions on what we could potentially see from them tonight right after this quick break, folks. Now, the Carolina Hurricanes tonight, what are we going to be seeing on the ice? We don't know. They did not hold morning skate this morning at all. And... You know, so we won't know anything really until about roughly 4.30 this afternoon. Obviously, you know, in the meantime, you know, you can, you know, make your own predictions of what we could be seeing tonight. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, uh, potentially Yessi Pugliarvi coming out of the lineup and yesterday at practice, Jesper Faust was filling in his spot on the second power second power play unit, and Mackenzie McEachern was slotting in on Puyarvi's spot on the fourth line. Uh, I think we were both, yeah, could definitely see that happening. But with practice from yesterday, I do think that is a very, very real possibility of Puyarvi coming out of the lineup tonight. 
Yeah, I think we talked about, you know, him kind of being the logical odd man out just with mm-hmm. his lack of production and what, you know, some of the other guys that you wouldn't necessarily want to bring out um, are bringing to the table and what McEckard can bring in terms of a little physicality, a little spark. Uh, again, not necessarily expecting another goal and assist performance like he had yeah. in game four against the Islanders, but you never know. Um, and putting, you know, Jesper Foss in that spot on power play too, Again, especially with the hurricane, the situation the Hurricanes are in with the injuries on the wing. Uh, people forget actually his first year with the Hurricanes in 2021. Jesper Foss actually played a good bit on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a pretty simple game, you know, makes some good, you know, quick short passes. He's a guy who can kind of get below the goal line and go to work. Uh, gives you some options, so. I like that look of him on that power play unit if Jesse Pugliarvi is coming out of the lineup. And I definitely like putting Mackenzie McEachern in the lineup. I mean, you don't – A, you know, again, I think he brings some things that the Hurricanes could use. And you don't want to make a change just to make a change. But also, after a game like Sunday, you kind of feel like you've got to make at least one change somewhere. Yeah, exactly. We've seen it many, many times. Rod Rodemore doesn't like doing a whole lot of – lineup shakeups unless he's given a reason to have to if this was a 2-1 loss i i don't see the lineup changing at all with really the one thing being maybe we have a different starting goalie yeah and that really being it but a loss like that i do see uh yeah there being uh a lineup change with mckeckern coming in tonight we are coming out and one thing that wouldn't surprise me if they just move some forwards around in the lineup to try to get something going. You know, at least for the starting lineup, obviously things tend to be a bit fluid in games and changes can be made there, but it wouldn't surprise me when the project, uh, the starting lineup drops later this evening. If we see some guys that have been moved around, that really wouldn't surprise me at all. Obviously defensive pairings. Yeah. You're not going to change that up at all. I don't see, you know anything changing there i think it why would you uh yeah shea no. pesci had a bad game but you're not going to separate jacob slavin and brent burns you're not going to separate uh jalen chatfield and shane goss Yeah, you know, those the defensive pairs aren't really going to change uh and because yeah slavin pesci yeah they had that one that awful game but I don't see Calvin DeHaan coming into the lineup. I don't see Dylan Coglin coming into the lineup. Both of those guys haven't played in a very long time. Really, I think since like before the trade deadline. I think it's been since either of those guys have played. But I, I do think we could see some changes definitely in the forward lines for sure. Yeah, I don't think DeHaan or Coglin are the answer to any of the issues uh, that plagued the Hurricanes in Game 3, given yeah. – Dahan's lack of foot speed at his at this point and Coglin's uh troubling tendencies with the with the uh, puck management at times. Yeah, uh, yeah, neither of those guys are going to be the answer here. They're just kind of extra bodies in case someone were to get hurt. And even then, if you know, God forbid, you know, someone were to get hurt, it'd be Calvin Dahan coming into lineup. It wouldn't Dylan Coglin's, you know, the last guy and. You know, with you know, the other issues that you brought up there, do they just bring up Max Lajoie instead? I, actually, I think they did. Uh, I think he's they do have the, the extra he, bodies for the AHL. He's there with the Black Aces, and he's a guy who, um, 
you know, again, you go back to the 2021 playoffs and, you know, even some stretches last year has played some really good hockey for the mm-hmm. Hurricanes when he comes up. So I, I might have Max Lajoie ahead of Coglin on the defensive pecking order right now if I'm the Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I would too. I'd probably have him like kind of right there with Calvin DeHaan. But as far as, you know, changing things up on the forward lines, yeah, we talked about and coming in. Uh, you know, you also, you know, he'd be the guy, you know, I don't see, you know, they called up, you know, a bunch of folks, you know, like Ryan Suzuki. You know, I don't see him slotting into the lineup, but, you know, what are some predictions you could have, you know, as far as, you know, a guy moving up or down in the lineup? I think, you know, uh, you can maybe see Marty Natchez on the first line with Ajo and Jarvis. That's the one that I was going to go with just because he, he's been struggling a little bit. Um, you know, it worked out in the first couple of games. I give Rod Brindamore a lot of credit because the Jack Drury, Jordan Stahl, Martin Natchez line mm-hmm. seemed like a little bit of an unconventional idea was really good in the first two games. But when you're looking for that spark, you're looking for that better defense, it might make some sense to reunite Jordan Stahl with a guy like Jesper Foss. And then again, to let, yeah, if you want to just load up your top line, uh, the danger in doing that with the lack of depth throughout the lineup is you're in New Jersey where the Devils can dictate matchups with last change. So if they find a way to shut down a line of, say, Jarvis, Ajo, and Natchez, you're looking sort of thin down the lineup from them in terms of offensive mm-hmm. firepower. But at least to start out, I think loading up your top line like that with kind of, you know, your best three pure skill forwards left um, to get that early spark might not be a bad idea. Cause we've seen Sebastian Ajo and Martin Natchez play really, really well together in the past. Oh yeah. You know, we've seen that. And that's why I brought it up, you know, because of, you know, just, to get them a spark. We know Rod Brennamore is pretty fluid with lines throughout the game. We'll see changes happen all the time. Uh, but another really, probably the biggest question that folks are having, having heading into tonight's game is the starting goalie. We talked about this some yesterday, but today is the day. No morning skate, so we're not going to know anything for you know quite a while. But you know, is it Frederick Anderson? Is it Antti Ranta? Is it Piotr Kochekov? I I think we're both in the same boat of if Auntie Ranta is ready to go tonight, he's the guy. But yeah, if he's not, is it Freddie? Is it Piotr? Cases can be made for all three guys of you know Ranta, you know, how good a playoff he's been. He's healthy. Both game both guys having, you know, rough games. Freddie Anderson, you know, he's you know been good for the large majority of the playoffs except for you know game you know what he played in game three Piotr Kochekov you know he's usually pretty darn reliable for the Hurricanes and pretty darn good but you know he had a bad night on at the office as well so it's not that you know they're Dylan Coughlin none of them are like that we're like we don't want to put him in here unless it's last resort but it's also like you got three guys that could all have cases to be made to make, to be the starter tonight. Yeah. I think like we talked about the other day for all other reasons for Frederick Anderson, just making four starts in a row, something he hadn't done this year um, for how well that auntie Ranta played in the first five games against the Islanders. And for him, maybe, you know, obviously he's coming off an illness, uh, but maybe being a little bit more well-rested if he's Mm -hmm. healthy, which he did practice with the Hurricanes yesterday, so yes. that would seem like a good sign to me. That would be my guy 
tonight. If he's not an option, I think I'm going back to Frederick Anderson just because Pyotr Kachetkov has not played a ton for the Hurricanes in you know, the last little bit here, the last part of the regular season, he, other than that mop up in game three in which, you know, he, he gave up some bad goals too in that third mm-hmm. period. Um, he hasn't played in these playoffs. So I think you're asking a lot of him to come in tonight relatively cold in mm-hmm. such a big game like this. And then, you know, if he comes out and gets shelled tonight, you know, where are you going from there? I, I think you're just kind of muddying the picture even for, further from there. So, for me, my hierarchy of options tonight would be healthy Auntie Ranta, Frederick Anderson, Piotr Kachetkov. Now, we have just set the stage for Rod Brindamore to start Piotr Kachetkov tonight and for him to, you know, have a 45 save shutout and make me look like a complete idiot. That would be completely fine with me, but uh, that's the way I would approach it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's kind of the boat i'm in as well if auntie ron is healthy he's the guy and then for all the reasons you said you know going back to freddie anderson uh if auntie ronta is not healthy but yeah you know we never know what rod burnamore is gonna do with this stuff uh he's you know given us all you know you know point us in one direction he goes and does the other thing we've seen it time and time again over the years uh, happened many times during the regular season. I think, all right, they're going to go with Kochekov, or okay, they're going to go with Ranta this season. That was the tandem they were rolling with for a while. I say one thing, he does the other. So there is no telling what's going to happen, whether it be with the goalies, the forwards, the defensemen, whatever. We don't know. We're not going to know until about 4.30 or so this afternoon. Until then, folks, make sure you are Subscribe to Locked on Hurricanes wherever you get your podcast. It is available on the SiriusXM app now. And make sure tonight, if you're not able to watch the game, you know whether it be in person or at home or at the Canes watch party downtown or whatever, you're listening on SiriusXM. And make sure you're following myself on Twitter at Jaredellis underscore 96. Following Andrew over there on Twitter as well. And before and also subscribe to the show on YouTube. We're having a real nice growth over there. Folks, help be a part of that. And before we go, we do want to wish a happy birthday to one Calvin Dahan. You know, we talked about him a bit today. Not necessarily in the best light, but you know, he is a fan favorite. A lot of folks like him and he has had some really good moments over the years. Definitely. He had, um, you know, especially in that 2019 run, you know, that first playoff run, first time getting back to the playoffs for the Hurricanes. He was a huge part of that team. Really good guy. Look, Calvin DeHaan would probably be playing for a lot of other teams in the NHL right now. The mm-hmm. Hurricanes just happen to have six really, really good options on defense. So, yeah, I, I hope Calvin DeHaan has a happy birthday. If for some reason he gets to play tonight, I hope he has a great game. If not, I hope there are some – it's not the Hurricanes gummy bears, but I hope there are some delicious birthday snacks for him in the New Jersey press box tonight. Yes, uh, but yeah, happy birthday to Calvin DeHaan, uh, my my Twitter best friend. Uh, everyone <laughs> remembers that exchange uh, years ago. Uh, but again, make sure you're following Locked on Hurricanes wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to on YouTube and listen to the game tonight on Sirius XM. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow where we recap 
tonight's game four. And as always, let's go Canes.